Welcome to Wellversed, where we bring biblical principles of governance to governmental leaders and you. This is the Wellversed podcast. I'm going to go directly to our first guest. I'm so glad to have my good friend, my brother, David Barton, on with us. David comes from a, a Texas ranch, and I've known him forever, and he's a, he's a friend who I so admire and respect. David, can you give us an overview of what happened yesterday? Uh, I can try to give you an overview, Jim. Uh, by the way, coming through okay? We didn't get sound check. You like like what you're hearing? We yep, okay? You're, you're, yeah, adjust your cameras. Uh, then cut off the top of your head. But other than that, you're right. And David mentioned oh, about one minute ago. So thank you, David, for, for coming on. Okay, forgive me for that little sound check. Um, I can give you plenty of briefings on lots of information, Jim. Uh, we did live election coverage last night, and we have a plethora of information on, on, on most things going on. Generally, I think everybody knows the general overall um, view of what went on. It was not nearly the red wave that, that had been anticipated or expected. Uh, in the House thus far, we have picked up eight seats, so the House will change, but not with much of a mandate. Uh, there are still about 25 to 30 races left to be called, so there's a, a ways to go on that. Uh, on the Senate, it looks like Laxalt has pulled ahead throughout the day. So the Senate will probably remain in a tie at this point, and it will all come down to the uh, to the race in Georgia with Walker. Uh, that will be maybe the most expensive race anybody's ever seen uh, because that in Georgia, they had this two years ago. And at that point in time, they had a little over two, two and a half months uh, for the runoff election. They have shortened that this time. It's going to be only a month. So the runoff will be just in about four weeks. That means it's going to be right after Thanksgiving. Uh, getting people to be engaged and focused on that is going to be hard. And if I were in Georgia, I would definitely vote, but I would <laughs> I'd probably leave the state because there's going to be billions of dollars of ads run. Every ad you hear for the next, you know, next month is going to be some, somehow related to that race. So that will be the focus nationally. That will determine uh, whether Republicans are able to get anything in the Senate. And if that happens... They can't change anything, but they can stop some of the bad. They can uh, start changing some of the philosophy of judges that are being um, nominated by the president. Uh, they can't stop those judges, but they can certainly insist that he have less progressive judges, less philosophical anti-constitution judges. So that's the federal overview. On the state level, um, the there's we have what we call trifectas. Trifectas are where one party has the House, the Senate, and the, and the governorship. And so in those states, it's easy for them to move legislation according to the philosophy of that party. Uh, it has been that Republicans have had a pretty sizable lead over the trifectas. Uh, last night, Republicans um, lost lost two that have now become Democrat trifectas. They're probably not surprises, but it was that the governor of Massachusetts and the governor of Maryland, very liberal states, very progressive states, were both Republicans. Um, they were the both races last night went Democrats. So Democrats picked up two trifectas. There is not a Republican voice to change anything in Massachusetts or in Maryland. That's not a surprise because those have been very left progressive states. Um, the the others governor races, we're waiting to see what happens in Arizona. It looks like Lombardo is now up in Nevada. Uh, so there there will be, it looks like potentially some pickups by by Republicans, but we'll see. So all of that is out there. Um, what's happened at the state level with legislatures, 
is while um, while New York did not necessarily do what they'd hoped for with the governor, they did pick up a few House seats in the legislature and were able to break the the supermajority that Democrats have in the legislature, which means that at this point in time, Republicans could um, keep they would have enough votes to keep from having an override um, uh, of the governor's bill so that they will have a little bit of check and balance power. There's not much in New York. There were some uh, kind of interesting congressional seats picked up in New York. Uh, the guy who's head of what's called the DCCC, Maloney, and DCCC is Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. And they that's the guy who heads all the races for the Democrats in, in that particular year. Maloney out of New York 17 was that guy. And they usually choose a guy that is absolutely safe, is not going to be in jeopardy in his own race. And that way he can focus on everyone else's race as well. Ends up he lost his race last night. So he's no longer in Congress. Uh, that may be the most shocking thing for Democrats of the night. Uh, they certainly did not have the massacre that was expected. Uh, on the state level, there were a lot of state initiatives and state initiatives tend to be of interest because you get more of the values of the state and what's going on. When, when you have campaigns, a lot of money spent in campaigns, a lot of ads run, you don't necessarily know what the values of people are. But at the state level, uh, I'll just point out the first, uh, there were 132 ballot initiatives last night of the 132. Uh, we monitored a lot of them because again, it tells us some are just process. We don't care about process, but we care about substance. So there were five states last night who had ballot initiatives dealing with abortion. Um, all five went very pro-abortion last night. Uh, the one Prop 3 in Michigan may have been as, as bad as any of them. It repealed every pro-life law they have in Michigan. Um, they had had things like parental consent, other things that's now gone. In, um, in the state of California, they went very... Um, very pro-abortion. Those two states, not a surprise. It, it is the church came very close in Michigan in stopping Prop Three. It was a, a fairly close vote, just barely came up short. Um, Vermont also put in a fundamental right to abortion in their constitution. Um, by the way, Vermont also put in their constitution a fundamental right to be a transgender person. So they have now taken that trans philosophy and put it as a constitutional level in in Vermont. Not surprising they would do that in that state, but that is another ballot initiative last night. Uh, there were two states that were kind of surprising. They went the way they did. One is uh, Arkansas. Arkansas has tended to be a pro-life state. There was a pro-life amendment last night. They did not enact. Um, and, and that's, I think, probably because people really did not understand what was on the ballot. And it didn't appear to be a clear pro-life amendment. But nonetheless, it went down. And there was always also a measure in Montana where Montana was saying it's what we would call the uh, Infant Born Alive Protection Act, that if a child is born alive, you go ahead and protect that child once they're born, even if you were trying to kill them before that. That prohibition did not pass in Montana. So uh, last night, five abortion measures were up and five abortion measures passed. Uh, the Democrats put $410 million into pro-abortion things across the nation. Uh, they had an impact. Even in um, as you go to a state like Pennsylvania, exit polling showed in Pennsylvania the number one issue for Pennsylvania voters last night was abortion. Thirty-six percent of voters said that was what drove their vote. Uh, below that, way below that, was the economy at eleven percent, and then crime at ten percent. So while all national poll polling showed economy and crime to be the two big issues, 
um, that that 410 million certainly raised the level in in uh, Pennsylvania and had an impact on the election as generally the pro-abortion candidates won there in the state as, as well. So that's kind of a look at what happened with abortion. Um, going through some others, uh, Arkansas had a religious, I, I think I said Arkansas on the pro-life amendment, it's Kentucky on the pro-life amendment. Arkansas had a measure on religious freedom that uh, has not passed, it did not pass. And so that would have given more religious freedom, more religious protection. There was a measure in Tennessee that passed. It's a very interesting measure because it goes back to the founding fathers. Uh, recall that Tennessee came into the Union in 1796. Uh, the first governor of Tennessee was a signer of the U.S. Constitution. So we're talking founding fathers. And the founding fathers back in the 1700s, when they had Brit been British citizens, they put a prohibition in many state constitutions that said, if you're a minister, you cannot hold any kind of political office. We don't want that. Uh, that was because in Great Britain, their political officials were also their lead religious officials. That was the proper separation of church and state was to separate the institutions, not the influence of God. And so the founders did it the right way. But at that time, they were just scared of ministers holding office because of what they had from Great Britain. Well, one of our ministers who signed the declaration, John Witherspoon, wrote a big piece of, wait a minute. I fought for freedom just like everybody else. Are you going to deny me the right to hold office? Because I, I, I lost one of my sons at the Battle of, of Princeton for, for liberty. I signed the declaration and I can't hold office because I'm a minister. And so several of the states repealed that prohibition. Well, Tennessee still has that prohibition of the Constitution. They took it out last night. So now if you're in Tennessee and you're a minister, you can now run for office and hold office. But that had been a constitutional prohibition they had there. Uh, marijuana is another issue that we've watched. Uh, generally, we have got our head beat in on this. 19 states have passed, uh, 19 states and D.C. have passed initiatives allowing marijuana in the state. There were a bunch up last night, and it did not go the way that it normally has. The only note we've had to marijuana so far in the nation was Michigan said no to medical marijuana, which was a, the first one that did it, but the other 19 have passed it. Uh, Missouri, they said yes, they passed it. Maryland said yes, they passed it. Arkansas said no. And that's the first no we've had on any state. And that was out of Arkansas. North Dakota said no, they're not going to do it. Uh, Colorado, they still haven't called this one yet. Colorado already has marijuana. Now they're permitting hallucinogenic drugs. So they're stepping up the, the level to the hallucinogenic stuff. And we don't have final word on that yet. That's still too close to call. Uh, South uh, South Dakota said no on marijuana. So having states say no, that that's a big because that's counterculture of what's going on. Uh, you had in Arizona, um, they have taken more measures to ballot protection. They went higher on voter ID requiring that. Nebraska also requires voter ID, driver's license, a valid photo ID. Um, you had in Ohio, they they took a, a measure to prohibit non-citizen voting. And it's up to every state where they allow non-citizens to vote. Federal law says a non-citizen cannot vote in a federal election, but it's up to the states and the cities whether they, they allow non-citizens to vote in the state or in the city. And so Ohio said, no, they didn't want that. Uh, Massachusetts has a referendum on that as well. And that is split right now. There's no final call on it. It looks like it's, uh, it's going to pass. So we'll see there, that's close. Uh, there were four measures last night that were significant of separation of powers. If you recall, when COVID hit, all of a sudden governors started stepping in and say, hey, I'm declaring an emergency and I'm telling you what you can and can't do and whether your mask or whether church is essential or not. 
And the legislatures never got asked about that. Legislatures often had different views on that. Uh, Prisker is a good example in Illinois. The legislature would not got nearly as far as he did. Same with Whitmer in Michigan. You actually had a Republican legislature with the Democrat governor. Uh, Even here in Texas, our governor kept extending the emergency when the legislature was trying to stop it. So four states last night had measures that would change the way emergencies are called. It would require the, the legislature to be brought in and it wouldn't leave all power in the hands of the governor. Nobody in those four states understood what those measures were. They thought it was the legislature trying to take more power and declare emergency. So all four of those lost. All four of those would have been good because they would have limited the the power of governors and put it more in the hands of the people. Uh, So that did not happen. Um, We did have a good one out of Montana. There is what's called the the Fourth Amendment's Not for Sale Act, but Fourth Amendment is what requires search warrants before the government takes anything out of your house. Right now, the government, the government is buying intrusive information from Google, from third-party vendors, and they're not getting a warrant. So they can tell what's going on in your house, where your preferences are, what websites you've been on, everything about it. Uh, Montana said, we're not going to let that happen. You cannot get any private information without a search warrant. So what that, keep, that, what that does is it keeps uh, law enforcement from buying information online that's publicly available and thus allowing them to get into your private things without a search warrant. So that's a good measure. Um, Oregon thus far has not passed. They're trying to make healthcare a fundamental uh, a right, just like for religious freedom. And so the state would take care of all healthcare. That's a bad deal for abortion and other things. That's not passed. Uh, Tennessee decided no, to no longer be a union state to pass a right to, ver- right to work. Nevada passed ranked choice voting, terrible decision. That's what Alaska has. It's a bad deal, but that's what they've done. I mentioned that uh, Vermont went to, uh, included transgender stuff in the Constitution. So that's there. The only other thing of, of note is that there were five mentions of slavery in various constitutions, and four of the five took that mention of slavery out. Uh, what's happened is the woke culture, and that's certainly understandable. You know, Southern Constitution, Alabama, take the word slavery out. That makes sense. But the problem is the woke culture has also said, if you're in jail, that's slavery. And so if you have something in the Constitution that prohibits slavery, the woke culture is now saying that's why you can't keep people in jail, because the state is making them a slave of the state. They don't have any freedom. They don't have any choice. And so what happened was Louisiana said no to that. They kept slavery in the Constitution as related to criminal punishments. So those are the all the ballot initiatives from last night. It's a very mixed thing that happened. Um, The other thing probably to point out is I don't think most Americans understand the process enough to know that if Republicans had gotten the House and the Senate last night, they would Americans don't understand they could not have done anything to change the country and improve it. All they can do is stop the bad stuff. So they would not they would not pass the laws proposed by Biden, but he's still going to do executive orders. He's still going to stack stack the executive agencies. He's still going to weaponize the IRS to go after conservative folks as he has. None of that changes. And on top of that, he would still keep running through the judges. But now you notice the media is not talking about judges anymore. So what would happen is two years from now in the election, people would say the economy is just as bad as it was. We still got the same crazy president. I blame Republicans. They had a chance to change this and they didn't. And and most, most Americans are civically uh, illiterate enough, they would not have understood. So if there's a if there's a good side to what happened last night, 
uh, it is that Republicans will not be blamed two years from now for the pain that continues to happen. Uh, this this may this may be the thing out of back in the Old Testament when you remember when they said we're so tired of manna give us quail and God said quail you won't quail have quail till you're sick of quail and it may be that we're not sick of quail yet and that we need another two years to get sick of quail so we'll see um, one thing that did stand out last night is that people rewarded leadership uh, what you saw with the Santos with the 19 point runaway win um, even even Democrats elected Democrats endorsing DeSantis because he's such a good leader. So that's going to be out there. And DeSantis has set a model for the other states. Um, you'll find that Kemp was expected to barely win. He won by nine points. He is the other one where even Democrats came out and endorsed Kemp because he's been a leader in the state of Georgia. So that's the perception. So it's interesting to see that, that uh, leadership, strong leadership backbone was rewarded. Uh, the other thing we'll start seeing now is I know of at least nine people who will be announcing for president over the next few months. DeSantis will be one of those people once he finishes the state legislative session. I think what we hear is by May, he will uh, announce for president on the 15th. Uh, what I'm told is President Trump will announce for president. You're going to have Pence and Pompeo and Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and all these others. So the presidential race began last night as soon as results were generally known. Uh, presidential races began and that will now st start sucking the oxygen out of the out of political room for the next two years. And so the battle is on. We'll see what happens to that. So, Jim, anything I didn't cover that I sh that I should. Well, you did surprise me. I did not heard about Vermont putting in not just family code, but directly in the Constitution, the issue of transgenderism. Mm -hmm. No state has done that, correct? No state has done that, and they're going to regret that in a few years. It's going to be like the word slavery in the Constitution. Science is catching up. People are catching on to this. People are turning in the other direction. Uh, the nonsense will stop, and then Vermont's going to be stuck with something that will create lawsuits that they wish they had never gotten into. So uh, family code, um, same thing. It gives the state more power. Of course, Vermont's a fairly wacky state. I'm going to say this with care. But let me give background. Constitutionally, with what you have, two clauses in the Constitution require that all states recognize what another state does. And that way you cannot do what California has done and saying that, hey, 17 states, you guys have said marriage is between a man and a woman or, or that that there are men and women in separate bathrooms. We're not going to let any state employee go to those 17 states. So that's called expatriation. The Constitution forbids expatriation where you can't travel freely from state to state or where that we won't recognize, you know, in Texas, we don't recognize what Oklahoma does or whatever. Constitution has two clauses on that. And so because of that, one of the things that happened in Vermont back in the late uh, 60s, early 70s, a state legislator up there, one of the very few Republicans actually gave me an article out of Playboy of all things. And he gave me this article in Playboy. He says, you need to see this. He said, back in the late 60s, early 70s, progressives were advertised in Playboy saying, you know, Vermont has the smallest population of any state. It's the smallest state. If we can move 50,000 liberals to Vermont, we can start passing liberal policy and all the other states will have to recognize it. They can't say no. And so that's why out of Vermont came civil unions before other states. Granted, Hawaii and Massachusetts were on the same path. Uh, but Vermont, Really, they moved in in the early 70s and took over that state. And it's been very hard to have anything move through there. So the fact that they would add trans to family code, to constitution, 
Um, that's not surprising. They've been on the front edge of trying to be progressive leaders and forcing every other state to recognize the wacky stuff they do. We need to go to our next guest, and you have another interview you have to get to. But I, it, it shocks me that in Colorado, that that potentially 50% of the residents of Colorado want to make hallucinogenic drugs legal. Yeah, Colorado was a very disappointing uh, area. We thought we would pick up about seven Senate seats, four, four Senate seats last night, about 11 House seats last night on the state legislature. Uh, we thought we had a shot at two statewide races, and we thought that we could pick up three congressional seats. And it looked like we failed on every single one of those in Colorado. Uh, we were able to distribute right around 800,000 Christian voter guides. We had probably 2,500, 3,000 churches actively involved in turning out Christian vote and still did not win anything to speak of in Colorado. It was a very disappointing state, uh, but it was very good to see churches get involved, take 78 school boards. That's good. Just didn't get the state stuff. You traveled the nation. I don't know if you were in 100 cities or so, you and Chad Conley. So let me just, I'm going to ask a, a one word question and we got to go to our next guest. Why? Why, why did it go like this? Do you want a one word answer? I can give you a three word answer. I don't know. I don't know. My hindsight is much better than my foresight. Um, I, I think we'll look back and find out that God had this under control. This is not the way I would have chosen it. I cannot tell you. Uh, we saw churches with more activity than I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, we were in we were in 24 states, 132 different cities with pastors' conferences. I've never seen the activity I've seen. So I don't know, Jim. I, there's something coming, I think, and I think God's building for that. I have no clue why it went the way it did. No clue. Mario, I know you got to introduce your next guest, but do you need to ask a question today before he goes? You're you're muted, Mario. We can't hear you. No, that, that's okay. Uh, thank you so much, uh, David, for joining us. Thank you, Dave. Blessings See on you guys. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please read the show notes for additional details if you would like a copy of the book or resources mentioned. Remember that WellVersed is a 501c3 tax-deductible nonprofit organization. We rely on your support and partnership. Don't forget to hit subscribe to keep up to date with our latest episodes. Leave us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Thank you for listening to the Well-Versed Podcast. For more information, please go to www.wellversedworld.org.